Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi guys, just checking in before the episode begins to say the very, very exciting news that next week is our 100 Movie Mondays episode. And so, we were thinking that we don't know what to do with it, you know what I mean? Sean is out of ideas, he's just, he's an idea vacuum. Not out of ideas. Mm. I had an idea that we just do all of the shows again, but never tell anyone. We just start from episode one and remake the shows with old news. Oh. Connor vetoed that shit right away. <laughs> That'd be really good. Jared Leto cast as the Joker. Holy shit. <laughs> New Mutants coming out soon. Can't wait for that one. That's every week. Um, every week as well. But we're putting this in just to say, if you have any Q&A questions, if you want to throw them in for next week, have them thrown I think next week will be a bit of a fun, bit of a chat, all that good stuff. Um, it's just going to be the 100 episode. Spectacular. As you will, it's not going to be that spectacular. It's going it's, to be like it's going to be full of wonder. But the hu- the hundred episode mediocre is what we're going to call it, and <laughs> that's exactly what we're calling it. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. Uh, so yeah, that was just throwing in there. If you have any qu- questions, queries, any ideas at all, send them into the email. Everything's in the description down below, or by Twitter, Instagram. You know where to find us. Um, so yeah, go on and listen to the show and listen to our nonsense. Enjoy. What is going on everybody? My name is Cutter Lawler. Welcome to the week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We're back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news and just generally having a bit of a chit chat about everything to do with film. As always I am joined by my partner in crime Mr. Sean Mean. Sean how is it going? I am feeling great Connor. Mm. You're coming in very clear there Sean. What's up? Very clear. I've taken some vocal lessons, you know. I I thought 
why not make my voice the best podcast voice it can be you know we uh, will reveal that Sean has bought a new mic so if he sounds like he's in a letterbox or crisp that is the reason why it's definitely crisp when has my microphone ever let us down (laughs) okay do you want me to make a list or do you want me to just keep going no I want you to move on what is movie Mondays (laughs) So as I said, we are here to discuss all the week's movie news. Um, obviously, global bastards going on. Movies are still dribbling out at the minute. We have Tenet, we've got New Mutants, and now Mulan. But it's mostly just Tenet. I went to my local cinema, or I seen my local cinema's, <clears throat> cinema's uh, screen times. And it was, I think it was 10 screens all showing Tenet all day. So good. It, I don't think you could miss it. I don't think you could be late. If anything, that's what Nolan wants. <laughs> There's never another movie. New Mutants is there. Like we're out too, guys. Yeah, but we don't want you. No, nobody we don't wants want that. you, New Mutants. Um, and so there was a big trailer out this week for everyone's favorite superhero, James Bond. But we will not oh, start yes. with that shot because I know that'll excite you too much. And so, yeah, can't wait to talk about that trailer in particular. What we are going to start with is actually something that... It's not often we have stories here that have merit. <laughs> or like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> actual important things. Okay. <laughs> Movies, as we've discussed many a time, it's all bollocks, who cares? But... Oh yeah, it means nothing. means nothing overall. But... Like, I like that movie you don't like. Fuck you. Let's kill each other. No. It doesn't matter. let's not do that, please. (laughs) It doesn't matter. But this week we are starting with a very interesting interview with GQ magazine that came out this week. And this is from one John Boyega. Um, No, you probably know him, Sean. He starred in the Star Wars movies. And in this said interview, I think this is the first time he's been able to maybe let it all off his chest. We've He's been letting things off his chest slowly since the release of episode 9 in December but I think now is just straight up he doesn't give a fuck and so he's just going to say it how he feels yeah I feel like at the minute the the vibe I'm getting is he doesn't care if he ever works with Disney or Lucasfilm ever again no and and also he doesn't really want to no and that is interesting because Disney owed all of every movie ever these days they like have a serious monopoly but it does take a lot of balls to be like no that's fucked up because we've all seen it every actor and actress give an interview and they go it was a pleasure to work on the set it was just great I couldn't once pick out one negative. It was just amazing. Yeah, it's all good all the time. Yeah, and so John Boyega, of course, Star Wars Episode 9 and 8 and 7. They, that trilogy, it's not held in the highest regard by uh, cinema goers. Maybe some people are out there who like it, but a lot of people That's say, fine. That's fine. Yeah, a lot of people who see 7, quite good, other two also came out. And so, <laughs> uh, John Boyega has slammed Disney's treatment of race in Star Wars, first of all. He has many things that he got off his chest, and we will go through them. But first of all, he slammed the race issue in Star Wars. Because, and his big, um, his big comment was just in regards to himself, Kelly Marie Tran. Just a lot of people that aren't, um, they're not Rey or Kylo who were kind of moved to the side to be like, 
Okay, get out of the way now. We have to concentrate on these two. What do you feel about this? I will read his exact quote now in a second, but do you feel like he's on the right lines here? Like, it's definitely... It's something that definitely needs to be said. And Mm. I don't think... I, I think people have been saying it in the past, but to have such a... You know, the... He was, to you could argue, the face of the franchise in certain aspects. Like, he was in a lot of the marketing material specifically for The Force Awakens. And so to have someone that uh, prevalent in the story come out and say, no, this is the way it is and it's wrong, I think that's something we've not seen before, if you get me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and okay, I'm going to read his exact quote because I think the... My favourite thing about John Boyega is the fact that he just says it exactly how he feels. You can tell yeah, no that he means it. Which I think gives a lot more merit to words. Because a lot of people will give these things and they'll just say things because they feel like it's right. Whereas if you actually just truly believe in your soul, like, this is how I feel, it comes across to me even as a viewer or as a reader. And so... Um, his main complaint was, just in regard to that nobody understands his experience with Star Wars. Like, nobody understands the uproar, the death threats he got sent just because that picture came out of him as a stormtrooper. And people said they weren't going to see the movie because he was a stormtrooper. And then he said, um, just in regards to him, Oscar Isaac, Calibri Tran, um, what I would say to Disney is do not bring out a black character. Market them to be much more important in the franchise than they are, and then have them pushed to the side. It's not good. I'll say it straight up. Um, he also says, like, you guys knew what to do with Daisy Ridley. You knew what to do with Adam Driver. You knew what to do with these other people. But when it came to Kelly Marie Tran and myself, you know fuck all. So what do you want me to say? When they wa- what they want you to say is, I enjoyed being a part of it. It was a great experience. Nah, nah, nah. I'll take that deal when it's a great experience. They gave all the nuance to Adam Driver, all the nuance to Daisy Ridley. Let's be honest. Daisy knows this. Adam knows this. Everybody knows. I'm not exposing anything by saying this. Was his first quote. That, oh, like, <laughs> what a start, first of all. <laughs> I think that says a lot. What do you think, Sean? Do you feel he's uh, he's maybe saying a bit of the truth there? I, I I think every I think this interview he's just like I'm just I'm just gonna say it all mm. and fuck it. Yes, yeah. and he's he's entirely right. Like if you look at those movies, who gets any notes of subtle past the Force Awakens? Which I think uh, again, it's as he says, it set him up to be more. Than he actually ended up being. But past those two movies. Who actually gets any nuance to the character. Or subtlety. Everyone after that point is kind of just a trope. Yeah everybody is just revolving around Rey and Kylo. And that's fair enough. But if you have a cast that is that big. And that talented. You might as well use them while they're there. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a beautiful moment. Where... Uh, someone on Twitter tweeted John Boyega about this and was like, oh, and if you're talking about characters who uh, never, who were set up to be more than they ended up being, uh, you should talk to um, uh, Benicio Del Toro. And John Boyega's like, you just proved my point. That's a non-white actor that was set up to be more than they were because they didn't know what to do with him. (laughs) 
also for the whole second one of the trilogy, is he not asleep for like a no? He starts it in a coma. And he then, starts it he, in a coma, and then his plot is of course the amazing plot in the cash machine or the in the casino. And I remember at the end of eight, everyone was like, "Oh well, yeah, his story wasn't great." But they'll come back for nine. Like, sometimes in a trilogy, maybe one movie's a bit lacking, they're concentrating on Ray, that's fair enough. But in nine, they didn't actually go back at all. No, no, they just... they, they, they It's like they course-corrected out of any character-driven moments in that. Because you had... And a lot of people's problem with uh, Eight was that they set up a relationship between Finn and Rose Tico. And then that is just yeeted out the window in nine. Like, it's never addressed. <laughs> well, she gets 37 seconds of screen time shot. Now, what That's I would true. say Oh, is, yeah, they didn't have the time to expand upon <laughs> her character. From, from my personal experience, I didn't like them as a couple. Just in terms of, I didn't feel like they had romantic chemistry. I seen them as, like, maybe friends, but I didn't see a romantic chemistry between the two actors. Which is fair enough from, like, that's my opinion. But yeah. to then give her 37 seconds in episode 9, it seems like you could have maybe given her, I would even have taken 5 minutes. Just give 10. Just 10 minutes of just some lines. Yeah, like, considering she was such a key part of the 8th movie, to have 37 seconds in the ninth movie mm. seems um, weird. What if Lando Calrissian had, like, after Empire had just been 37 seconds. Because that's the, that's the level of involvement we're talking. Like, she can't, he, he comes in in episode six. Well done, guys. <laughs> Big thumbs up to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> or he's just like, he's just like, here's those documents you asked for, and then leaves, and we never see him again. Harrison Ford's like, where'd that guy go? <laughs> I really miss, I really miss Lando. Um, Probably off being cool somewhere. He's just being cool. <laughs> um, he also discussed um, another problem that a lot of the people have with, say, episode 9 in particular, is J.J. Abrams. Maybe he came in, maybe he's a bit bland, maybe he's a bit vanilla for everyone. But John Boyega has came out, come out to defend J.J. Abrams, which I think, I'm sure they're probably friends or they get on, so that's understandable. Yeah. But he has gone to bat for J.J. in this interview regarding the rise of Skywalker. Um, and he says, everybody needs to, le- needs to leave my boy alone. He wasn't even supposed to come back and try to save your shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, yeah that's, that's a fair point and I never considered that but I was just like he's just like he wasn't even meant to do it he came back to try and save the shit because they didn't know what they were fuck they were doing and now that he says that I'm kind of like okay we were all kind of world very harsh on JJ I mean JJ is he's not great at sequels that, that he has, does have a track record but yes. in this particular case I don't think it was him that was the issue no and I also think that you know, a lot of uh, the complaints people had about The Last Jedi, uh, are, is that the most recent? See, I can't even tell the difference. The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, people were saying, like, oh, the if they had just planned this out from the start. And I think that was people's main problem with it. Not that J.J. Abrams directed a subpar third installment of a trilogy. It was that there was no trilogy to start with. They just winged it. And I think if you're going to do a trilogy at the scale... You can do a trilogy in college. 
if you just want to write it one by one. Or no, if, yeah. Like, if you're in school and like you write a trilogy of like short stories or essays, make them up as you go along. But most of the time, if you have seven hundred million dollars, I would write maybe even just bullet point it. Bullet point what you want to hit in the tree. Yeah, like we talked about this uh, at length numerous times, but just like have your overall arc and then have the arcs for the three separate films mm. and then get get then get everything in between those those plot points. Like that is how to make a cohesive trilogy. But it doesn't have it. Now what he ha- what um Baiga does say in the interview is he also describes his part in Star Wars as obviously an amazing opportunity and a stepping stone. Before he prefaces a lot of these comments by saying like it was an amazing opportunity, but that doesn't mean it was not without its flaws. Like it's allowed no. to be an ama- like an amazing opportunity and there's a big moment. Like even if, if something in the world say those people who are working for Ellen. Like Ellen's in a lot of shit at the minute in worldwide and there's a lot of people giving out just people who work behind the scenes but if you're in LA and you're like oh I got a job writing for Ellen and everyone's like that's an amazing opportunity it's not so great backstage but you can't really complain because it's an amazing opportunity kind of like you're you're not in that you know you don't have grounds to complain once you're in the door I don't I don't think that's the case I think you can be in a great a great opportunity for you professionally but personally it's not good for you yeah, and I, like I don't even think it's that. Oh, you you can't complain because you're in the situation. I think you just you you outweigh you weigh up the positives and negatives when you're in that situation, mm. uh, and that doesn't mean it's right or wrong. But you decide if this is if this is for you or not. Um, and I I he is in the interview. I think prefacing everything with oh, and it's a great it was a great opportunity. It's it, it's kind of setting the stage for any other actors who feel this way. It is perfectly all right to say, no, this is a real like this is huge for the career. But, mm. you know, morally and just, you know, socially, it's it there's it could be improved on. Yeah. And I think that's actually probably a good reflection on them as an actor or an actress. Like if you do, uh, it would be very easy for him to say, finish this. And then just move off, take the money and go. But he's you can tell he's annoyed that it wasn't better. In a weird way. Like, he's like, I would have preferred if it was really good. Like, and then there would be no issues. And I wouldn't have any problems. But it was kind of not received that well. And I have some personal experiences why I think it was that. Yeah, and you can... You, you, you can kind of see that, like... Maybe he's talking to the next... You know what? What age was he when he started in the Force Awakens? Was he like twenty one or twenty two? I I think he was maybe early twenties. I'm I'm sure he's about thirty now. So yeah, maybe no, maybe twenty four, maybe something around then. Yeah, but like a new, he's talking to maybe the next young actor, who, and it's like just I I don't know. Like they shouldn't have to go through getting death threats for getting a part, and then <laughs> it not turn out to be anything in the end. Let's just all be nicer to each other. Um, if we, yeah, and that's on us as well. <laughs> yeah, and and so I just I just wanted to um, bring this interview up. If you want to read the full interview, you can go over to GQ. They have a video of it on YouTube as well. If you want to check that out, but it's just I would recommend watching or reading the full interview before. 
even say a lot of people on Twitter were immediately attacking him and they'd only say read a bullet point or whatever and yeah. he was just kind of like read the whole thing like in context it looks a lot better but obviously in in headlines they're going to try and make it seem more slanderous and stuff yeah, they're going to make everything as clickable as possible. Exactly. And so I just wanted to touch on that. Uh, John Boyega, keep being you. I I, don't, I love when John Boyega just says exactly how it is. Yeah, yeah, I like him. I think he's cool. Um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And I have good news, Sean. I know you love the Alien franchise. You've told me many times. I think I like a fifth or a, a sixth <laughs> of the Alien franchise. Okay, there's Alien and Aliens... Both quite good. good. Um, I I don't mind Prometheus in a very loose way. Like he's. You know what? Not, I also don't mind Prometheus. I, yeah. I like Prometheus. Have a pass. Okay. And the rest of them not great. So that's fifty. Well, about yeah, around that. Yeah, but then you get the games involved. And oh the yeah, games true. Are mostly shit. But Ridley Scott has now confirmed that he's working on a new Alien movie, Sean. Yes! We're back! Is this one of those weeks where I just get angrier and angrier until we end up talking about a James Bond trailer and I flip? Oh, he's kind of seen the pattern I'm going with. Ah, there we go. Does anyone want a new Aliens movie? I'm sure people do. I think a lot of people love Alien. I think the Alien franchise has a lot of fans and I can understand it. Alien Covenant was not very good, I will say. No. Yeah, I'd be interested which side of uh, the Aliens timeline... They ma- he makes it because mm. if it's like the prequel Prometheus Covenant uh, stuff, that that's that's not that's not fun. But if it's the you know the alien, if it's what if it follows on directly from uh, Aliens three? Is that the most recent Aliens? Aliens in that timeline? Oh um, no, there's four. I think. It's, no, there's three. Sorry, no, there is three. There's, I think. Yeah. There's three, and then there's three prequels. Isn't that <laughs> and, then it? and then there's Alien vs. Predator. I'm getting... We're either mixing one, or we're getting mixed up, because there's just so much crossover. That's true, but what if this new one that he's working on crosses over with the new The Predator? Oh, the Predator movie that you hate? Yes. <laughs> and but it, it's becoming now that I have a weird soft spot for it because I hate it so much, and I'm not a fan of that shit at all. Yeah, no, it's just... You're like, ah, look... Fair play to them. It's, it's a so lovable bad. scamp of a movie. <laughs> um, so Ridley Scott was speaking to Forbes last week and he confirmed that he's working on another Alien sequel. Um, though he seemingly remains doubtful about what approach to take with the property going forward. He said, that's in process. We went down a route to try and reinvent the wheel with Prometheus and Covenant. Whether or not we go directly back to that is doubtful because Prometheus woke it up very well. But you know, you're asking fundamental questions like, has the alien himself, the face hugger, the chest burster, have they all run out of steam? Do you have to rethink the whole bloody thing and simply use the word to franchise? That's always the fundamental question. So to me, that comes across like he hasn't decided whether he wants to do prequel or sequel. Um, you, but the good thing about that world is you could just pick any point in time and just go to it. Absolutely, like, and there's enough uh, in that universe that even you can do a story. I know it's about an alien, but you can do a story without aliens in that universe, and I'm sure you could come up with something. I think Blade mm. Runner is set in the same universe. Are they? I think so. The Whalen Corporation is oh. like 
throughout now unless that's just an easter egg kind of a thing but it, it it's throughout both of them mm. um but it, it's interesting the way he phrases it because it almost sounds like someone is telling him to make an alien movie <laughs> but i think that's they want him to make another one because that's a that's their big name like they're always trying to get a, an alien movie either into production or coming out and so really scott is kind of I think he was very excited at Prometheus level, but because of Covenant's poor reaction, I think that kind of waned it a little bit. But now, if they said you free reign, you don't have to do the, the the trilogy you wanted to do with Prometheus and Covenant and then the next one. You just get to choose where you want to go. I don't know if... Do you, would you rather they just finish it out? Just finish out the trilogy just to let it make sense? Maybe. I, I suppose, like, just in terms of... Uh, narrative having that finished would be good because it means that that story is done we can move on to other things mm-hmm. I personally have no interest in seeing it I've been out of it for too long mm-hmm. and I've no interest in catching up Um, but like I love space movies I think space movies are fun and I think that's why I like Prometheus I think because it's a weird fucking alien planet and I know the other ones are alien planets as well but they're less interesting <laughs> And it's got a guy getting burnt to death with a flamethrower. I'm all about that. that. That's great. That, it's got <laughs> Michael Fassbender just putting his finger in a guy's drink. <laughs> and then the guy has a weird thing in his eye. This is all the same guy. It's all the same <laughs> guy. He's had a bad day. He's had a real bad day. Um, but it also has that terrible scene where... I think the main thing that happened with Alien Covenant and Prometheus is that for the people to die, they have to be really dumb. And in Prometheus, the guy who maps out the caves gets lost in the caves and then dies. And then in Covenant, it's just a bunch of couples who all land on this planet and are suddenly like, oh, it's probably safe to breed, no need for masks, don't worry about it. And yeah, then just take alien- the word of an android on that. <laughs> and even if it was safe to breed, that doesn't mean there isn't shit in the air, which there is, which is the alien fucking gloop. That's <laughs> yeah. in the air, and it as goes up. As referred to in the movie, uh, glue. As I think that's in the actual the DVD release booklet, but um, it goes up one of their noses. The whole thing starts all over again. I would just say, if you made an alien movie where everybody acts like a normal human being, like smart, these are all meant to be scientists. I think it makes it better. Um, Covenant would be made better by people acting smarter, but that's the problem with a lot of horror movies. Maybe the Alien franchise has kind of passed us by. I think Alien and Aliens is so good. And to do a prequel on a monster that is made a lot better by mystery, I would say. Yeah. It's um, like, if you had told me that uh, A Quiet Place was in the Alien universe, I would believe that. Because it's this, you know, it's the unknown. The kind of, they're kind of stalkers. And it it's... The suspense is what makes the movie, really. Mm. Like, the the elevator pitch for Alien was Jaws in space. You know? So it's all about building suspense. And I think if they announce in the morning, and this is me just being an absolute fanboy, if they announce in the morning, oh, John Krasinski is writing an Alien movie, I would be on board. Oh, you just piqued my interest. Just saying yeah. that. I was just like, interesting. Oh, shit. But yeah, Ridley John- Scott writing it does not interest me. No, I think Ridley Scott is also done with it. Like I'm getting the vibe that he's just like, yeah, all right, I don't really mind. Um, yeah. 
Okay, so we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And I thought Tom Cruise news was the way to go. But not just Connor. Tom, not just Tommy Cruise ship. Tommy Cruise ship on a cruise ship. Tom Cruise rents out a cruise ship to avoid delays in Mission Impossible 7. <laughs> what? Is this to... Is this so he can socially distance or something? Yes. For God's sake. Are they all just living on the cruise ship together then? So, the, they are, we are reporting that Tom Cruise has forked out nearly $600,000 to rent out a cruise ship in Norway for the cast and crew of Mission Impossible 7. The movie is one of precious few productions that has been allowed to resume during the pandemic. Indeed, the reason for the cruise ship is so that the cast and crew of the movie can stay separated from the rest of the population and operate in a pod system. Production only resumed in August, having been suspended in February, obviously due to the lockdown. So Tom Cruise hired out a cruise ship for the whole cast and crew of Mission Impossible 7, so they're all in it together. This is exactly what's going to happen when, like... You know, the end times come is all the rich people are going <laughs> to hop onto a boat and just fuck right off. Or it'll be a rocket and they'll end up on Mars. And the rest of us will be here being like, oh, I just wanted to see Mission Impossible 12. But I only have one question, Sean. What do you think it'd be like being trapped on a cruise ship with Tom Cruise? You are trapped. Like, that's the thing is. Because, and I. No, that's the star of, of a horror. It's the star no. of a horror movie. None of them signed up for this, is the thing. And I don't think everyone signed off on it either. I don't think everyone has been asked, hey, do you want to do this? I think mm. Tom Cruise got the boat and said, we're doing this. He drove up down there to the house. Even if they were on land, he drove up to them on the boat. <laughs> hey, get on. Just screeching along the tarmac. <laughs> no, he's got jetpacks. There's jetpacks on the boat. I didn't oh, say the jetpacks, it, but of course. yeah, it turns into a motorbike, a cool Harley, just so he's cool. Like, how it, how long does he have it rented for, do you think? Um, it doesn't say, but it, I mean, if they have to put it all, put everybody in it, maybe a month? I mean, being Jesus. trapped on a cruise ship for a month with Tom Cruise. Yeah. You do, would you do it for the story? Or, because he sounds exhausting to be around. <laughs> he's just so, he's the guy at breakfast who's just happy to be there. You know what I mean? And you're just like eating your cereal like, Tom, it's not even 7 o'clock. I know we have a 12-hour shooting day, I know, but I just really want to eat my Cocoa Pops in he just, peace. Oh, he's going to put a little chef's hat on and make <laughs> eggs for everyone. <laughs> yeah, every single day. Yeah, and there's going to be breakfast songs. He'll, oh, he's going to remind me of the of the wife in Umbrella Academy, the robot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just perfect. Oh, man. Yeah, I just read that and I was like, that's such a small story, but Sean needs to know that they're on a cruise ship. Tommy cruise ship is on a cruise ship. Going and around the world. How, just roughly, how do you sink a ship? Just there's, out, there's out an curiosity. intern. There's an intern that got signed up for Mission Impossible 7 and was really excited. Like, you you went out with college and you're just straight out and you're like, oh, you're like, you're the best boy. Or you're the, I don't know, you're the assistant of the assistant of somebody on this set. Yeah, you're, you're the, the clapper loader. Like, yeah, it's... and you're just like, yes. And then you get on, you're like, I'm stuck on a ship with Tom Cruise <laughs> and 400 other people. Oh, uh, it, off, offshore of a foreign country. <laughs> They're going around Norway. 
That's cold as well, man. We're coming into winter. <laughs> Tom Cruise walking around in shorts and a t-shirt. He's got oh, a Hawaii yeah. t-shirt on at all times. Oh, Zenu will warm him. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to move on. I just... Any story that has Tom Cruise just doing weird Tom Cruise things, like going to space or something. I think this man's life, it's just... It's something to behold. I, I, I somehow feel Tom Cruise just hasn't been affected at all by <laughs> the pandemic. I think he's no. just he's he's just winging it. He's Grant. Like there's a lot of people say with Pattinson, um, they had to put down, they shut down the Batman production. We they we had learned to put about him down. they had to pull him down. Said no more Batman for you. We only have one trailer. <laughs> <laughs> no, they um, they had to shut down the Batman production last week, or um, and then you have The Rock who's coming out doing videos saying that he's also at home with his family isolating. But I feel like Tom Cruise is just he's indestructible. Like nothing can harm him. No, I like, and I mean, maybe it's working. Or do you think he's had it and he's just styled it out? He, just, well, but to be fair as well, he doesn't breathe or excrete moisture, so he's no, Grant. He doesn't. He doesn't do anything. He he doesn't need anything. It's fine. He just he lives. Photosynthesizes. Off, he he <laughs> he lives off the sun. Um, okay, we're moving on to our next piece of news, and this is the news of Taika Waititi is best known for his work on Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit, Sean. Maybe you've heard of him. But uh, he's c- yeah, the, the man from Hunt for the Wilder People. That's the one, yes. And he is currently crafting a new Star Wars movie for Disney and Lucasfilm. Do you remember us covering this? I do remember this. Do we have yes. more details on it? Well, details surrounding the project remain entirely mysterious. But if we're willing to read perhaps too much into some recent comments made by Mr. Jeff Goldblum, we can speculate that maybe Goldblum might just be talking about joining Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie. Okay, Jeff Goldblum and Taika Waititi work together on Thor Ragnarok. Mm. Uh, They have similar energy, so I think they get on pretty well. Mm. And what? Okay, Connor, this is not going to make any sense at all to you. All right, mm. but anyone who's a big Star Wars fan, uh, I want you. I want you to tweet Connor if this excites you. Okay, uh, so Jeff Goldblum as Grand Admiral Thrawn. Okay, who who is Grand Admiral Thrawn? He he's a blue, like <laughs> Grand Admiral, uh, for the for the army, and he's the best character. He's class. He's ruthless, but he's also pretty good. Ah. I, I'll do. I was going to say I'll do a hero zero on Admiral Thrawn one day, but, but does no, he have the gold bloom? Does he have the gold bloom? He's eccentricities. Baby. No, that's no. the thing. So, so gold bloom's playing it straight. Gold bloom's playing it straight, man. <laughs> gold bloom's playing the straight, man. How is that possible? I just, I think, I think it could work, and I also don't think it'll happen at all. I think. If Jeff Goldblum is anyone, he'll probably be a weird alien, but it just looks like a human, kind of oh, like no, the Grandmaster. I, I, I want Goldblum as a Jedi. Like, as a Jedi knight. Oh my god. <laughs> or as a Sith. <laughs> oh, as a Sith! <laughs> like, Luke Skywalker turns up and it's just Goldblum just being Goldblum. Just like, I am not reading the vibe in this room at all. <laughs> 
Yeah, maybe Goldblum was. I think he might have gone too far that he'll only be Goldblum now. I think that's his rule. Yeah, but I think him as a villain. I think he just replicates what he did for Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, but see, even in Thor Ragnarok, he was a villain and he was a monster, but he was kind of like likable because he was yeah, he Jeff did- Goldblum. Yeah, he didn't call the people slaves. He called them the the forced workers or something. Yeah, <laughs> little things like that. But what if he was actually like a terrifying villain? <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, serial killer. I just maybe I'm asking too much or thinking too little of the man. Who knows? Yeah, I I just think Tiger Waititi and Jeff Goldblum doing a Star Wars movie is enough to get me excited for Star Wars. Is this what'll do it for you? Like, it won't be... Have you seen The Mandalorian? Uh, I've seen bits of The Mandalorian. I haven't seen it all. Well, I think you'd like the whole thing. Okay. I, sh- I should watch it. I sh- Finally, something to watch on Disney+, Plus, right? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> no, I've been watching too much Recess. Not enough to... And The Mighty Ducks. After that, oh, I was Proud done, Family? John. Proud Family's on there? Unreal. Oh, I, did- I didn't see that. Oh, it's very good. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news, and that is actually Disney Plus related, Sean. Because interesting, Mulan was set to have its thirty dollar purchase fee for from Disney Plus when all this was going on, and now they have released Mulan in cinemas. It has a theatrical release, and the schedule release has kind of confused everything because Disney Plus have now come out and said that Mulan will be free for Disney Plus subscribers from December 4th. Strange. Yes. What do you Very think about strange. this weird tactic? It wasn't just a way to get... No, maybe they were genuinely intending to do it, but it did get a lot of publicity for Mulan. Like, you know, it was out of anger that people were reporting about it a lot of the time. Mm. But people still... We're like, oh, Mulan's coming out, you know? And look, any publicity is good publicity. Exactly. Like, I'm sure some people would have seen those articles and go, oh, I'd, I'd see Mulan. And now uh, it's coming out. Uh, it's coming out in theatres, you say, at the minute. It's co- it is in theatres. Um, I think uh, it's in the Asian market at the minute. Right, okay. And then... Like, December 4th... December's a good time for that kind of movie, I think. Mm. I think it's a very... Do, it's do you fam- think, though, that people will be a lot less likely to pay $30 for to watch it now when they could just wait two months and it'll come out anyway? Oh, sorry, they're still doing it for $30 as well? At the, at the minute, yes. Right, okay. No, I wouldn't pay that. And I also <laughs> wouldn't go... I'm not I'm not so, like, dying to see Mulan that I'll either go to the cinema or pay 30 quid. If it's free in December, I can wait till December. Yeah, like, that. that's the, the big thing, was they said, okay, it's coming out for $30 on Disney+, Plus because it's not going to the cinemas. And then there's, now it is going into the cinemas, and so they're like, okay, it'll go to free on Disney+, Plus, but not until December 4th. So, some people, if you buy it on December 1st, you have to pay $30, but wait, wait until December 4th and it will be free. Oh yeah, and those stories will come out as well. Like if, you know, people who just haven't, you know, who don't do a movie review podcast mm. and don't keep up on this stuff. And it's going to catch people out and that's going to suck. But I don't see them getting their 30 quid back off of Disney. I think this whole marketing strategy is just a bit weird. 
Like, I think they've, they're kind of changing it on the fly as it goes along, but I think you probably need to stick with one and just go with it. Like, if you're going to release on Disney Plus for $30, I think they probably should have done with that. But the I think the idea of releasing this movie in cinemas, they were like, there's a lot of money on the table if we don't release it, even if there's a chance. Yeah, and I think, like, every the whole world is in kind of a make-it-up-as-you-go-along kind of scenario at the mm. minute. So I don't I don't hold that against them. Um I I I don't even know what the end of that sentence is. I just I I don't think I don't I don't think kind of flying by the seat of your pants is unforgivable given the current situation, but I also mm. don't think I'd pay 30 quid for Mulan when it comes out in December. <laughs> no. I don't think so either. Um so we're going to move on now to uh, hearsay and rumour, Sean, but not really, uh, because oh. John Jonathan Cena, um, the man that nobody can see, uh, he this week started fanning some cl- flames of some some rumours that are going around in regards to the Spider-Man movie that is upcoming. Oh, so someone put out the idea and a bit of fan art of Mr. Jonathan C. Nation as Sandman. And they, he this week put out on his Instagram, he just fanned the flames, he put out, he posted an image of the character on his own Instagram page with no context whatsoever. I now, hear what I will, what I will say is that John Cena is an absolute nightmare for this. He will constantly post shit just to annoy people, like, just, uh, just, um, I don't know, teasers non-stop about things that are happening or what he's about to do. Um, but he is also known as maybe a guy who will put stuff out just because he thinks it's funny. So we don't know what this one is, but there, if there's a rumour going around, he is Sandman, and then without any context, he put up a picture of Sandman on his Instagram page to millions of people. There is a chance that John Cena could be playing Sandman. <laughs> Yeah, now it, it for the new Spider-Man movie coming up. Uh, yeah, the next one. Okay, do they dare put Sandman in Spider-Man three again? Oh, I think the idea that they put Sandman in, and then maybe is James Franco out? Do we need a bit of amnesia? Did someone Feige, amnesia? Kev, Kevin Feige, come here. Can we get <laughs> Franco back in? Is Franco back in? Can he remember stuff? No, get him fucking back in. Hit oh, his head off something. <laughs> We don't have a Harry Osborne yet. <laughs> I love the pie. <laughs> oh, it's so, so good. good. <laughs> Creepy <laughs> smile. Oh, that's so. I think Franco back in. I think replace Tommy Holland with Franco. Do you know what you do? Do you know how you you get Franco back in? Franco mm. is Green Goblin. Franco Ooh. is Norman Osborne. <laughs> yeah, as he's now become that, and he has a son. He's just Ooh. aged up into it. Yeah. I think I, I think the only thing this movie needs is more villains. The only the, the problem Spider-Man yeah. movies have is they don't have enough villains. Not all That's... the bad ones. They don't have enough villains. Oh, Vulture, shit villain, <laughs> shit one. Mysterio, amazing... worst portrayal I've ever seen. <laughs> Miss, amazing Spider-Man Two. You had Rhino. You had Electro. Yeah. yeah. You had um, Green Goblin. Lizard. <laughs> no, Lizard was in the first one. Green Goblin, that was a triple threat of villains. Best Spider-Man movie ever. Spider-Man 3, you had Sandman, Green Goblin, Venom. Another triple threat. This movie needs more villains. Uh, Like, 
Yeah, Spider-Man himself was a villain in Spider-Man 3 for a bit. <laughs> True. I think he was a villain once he'd done that haircut and started dancing. Ah, look, it's not the worst scene in the world. Um, what do you think of John Cena as Sandman? I don't mind him as like a Flint Marco. Um, mm. He was pretty good in Bumblebee, wasn't he? Um, he was good in Bumblebee. I think I can see him in the green top. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing as well. And he, like, clearly he has the build for it as well. Um, mm. And I, I, honestly, if you push me, I'd be hard pressed to think of anyone else. Do you know, now that it's been said, I think he's a perfectly fine choice for it. What about the idea that John Cena plays Sandman in a Sony-led villain anti-hero nah. movie? See, what you've done there, Connor, is you've yeah. fucked the whole thing. Well, I'm, look, I'm just throwing out what somebody else in a boardroom has already thrown out. I like the idea of uh, Tom Holland seeing Sandman and thinking it's another one of Mysterio's creations. But then he gets just actually... Go well, he just gets actually walloped with a pile of sand and he's like, oh, it is real. Great. I mean, shit. <laughs> oh, yes. He only killed three people. He's actually just made of sand. <laughs> Good. I don't think it would work in the Sony-verse. I don't think... Like, I get that they have... I said... I said I, like, I was going to say um, they have other things, but they literally just have the symbiotes and that's they it. They have Venom and Morbius. I'll we haven't you know. seen Morbius yet. Ah, I think that's it has the greatest actor in the world playing. Mm. Like he's going to be good. I don't know that man made of sand. Man, sorry, man transformed into Sandman through freak science accident. I don't know how well that plays in the Sony verse. <laughs> no, you also did a Hero Zero on Sandman, and he's an idiot. He is a bit of a dumbass, yeah. But yeah. like he's he he also uh, like lived. He's he's how was it? He got his mind transported into his own mind, like ten billion years in the future during the heat death of the universe. Because, like, <laughs> that is true. He got minimized to like an atom, and he was just there, and he was the last thing surviving, and he went insane. And um, then you couldn't see him anymore, such as John Cena. Oh my oh, god! It's all coming together. He was written originally for John Cena. <laughs> it's confirmed. Back in the 70s, it was all with John <laughs> Cena. It was all John Cena. Um, okay, we do have more Spider-Man news before we get to the James Bond trailer, though, Sean. Yes. And I I think... I'm, see, what I'm trying to buttering you up here, before we get to your favourite movie, James Bond, we are tackling... Sony are planning a Marvel Silk live-action series. Interesting. Mm. Very, very interesting. In fact, Sony so, is planning this. Yeah, um, we had uh, Olivia Wilde was directing a Spider Woman movie a few weeks yeah. ago, um, and so now it has come out that Sony are going to continue to exploit the Spider Man characters because they all have them. <laughs> exploit is a great word. There. Exploit is a good word. Um, just before they lose them, and Silk, aka Cindy Moon, was touted as a possibility for a movie back in twenty eighteen. But it now appears that the studio is looking to make her the first live action series that they do. Now, Sean, what is the story with Silk? Who is Cindy Moon? Sin- okay, Cindy Moon uh, was bitten by the same spider that bit Peter Parker. What are the odds on that? Ah, uh, look, it's, it's, very, it's a very active spider. You wouldn't. <laughs> just- All of New York 
And so I think she gets locked up in a lab or some shit like that and studied. Mm. And then Spider-Man one day gets like a sense, his spider sense goes off and he's like, oh, this is weird. I'm going to follow this. Follows it to the lab, finds Cindy Moon and they immediately start banging because apparently they're like so connected that they just want to bang each other all the time. What? Uh, Yeah, it's really weird. And is MJ involved in this? Is she I happy don't know with it? She is at that point, and I can't imagine she would be. First of all, <laughs> she wouldn't be too pleased, regardless. Not at all. Not at all. No. But you know, and so Silk, Cindy Moon takes the name Silk, uh, and her costume originally her costume is made of webs. Like she just webs costume onto herself. And that would be that would be unpractical when you have to stop another crime. It really would. It it doesn't help, uh, but you know. It look in terms of the word exploit, very tight fitting, and <laughs> I like. I I think at the minute she's like much more her own character and more established. But for a while there, t- t- based on my reading of it, she was just like, oh, it's it's it's. She, she was bitten by the same spider as Peter, so she's entirely tied to Peter now. Right, so her identity came through Peter rather than through who she was. Which, if that is the case, it's a good thing that she's the first live-action series because that would be a great way to maybe build her up as her own person. Absolutely. And the thing is, like, if you do it like that, you get to see all the, like... Because in the in the comics, she just kind of... She gets bitten by a spider, she gets put in a lab, right? But we get we would get to see all of that and see what she goes through. And, like, get a rapport with this character. And you can even say, if you were a diehard, like, no, it's only Peter Parker I'll accept in a live-action series. You can just say it's happening side-by-side to what's happening to Peter. Because it literally did happen. We just never saw it. They're on the same school tour. And the spider bites both of them. I don't know if they're on the same school tour. I think they were just in the vicinity of each other on the day. Okay. Okay, well, actually, good uh, fact I have is that Tiffany Epson, uh, Ep- Eppinson, I think, played the character in Spider-Man Homecoming. Now, she played Cindy Moon, but she was not down as Silk. So she's in the universe that Sony have already created. Right, okay. Interesting. Um, and another point is that being pro- who are producing this is Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Oh, give it to me. Give it to me, I want yeah. it. Yeah. They are producing as part of their overall deal with the studio uh, alongside Spider Stewart Amy Pascal. So they have basically set all this up that they are doing Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and then from that they're going to be doing all of these live action films or movies or films or TV shows. And so Silk will be their TV show that they are producing. Now that's a lot to take on for Lord and Miller but they are very talented men and when it comes to Spider-Man, I think Spider-Verse has showed us they know what they're doing. Yeah, specifically in relation to like more minor Spider-Man characters that people might not have heard of. Also, you can't go too wrong if it's a minor character. I don't mean that in a derogatory way to the character. I mean in terms of, like, Iron Man had the same thing. Like, when they did the first Iron Man, a lot of people didn't give a shit about Iron Man in the comic books. A lot of people didn't like him. So when they changed a few of his points or his origins to match the movie, they didn't care. It was just kind of like, okay, cool. But then you see the portrayal on cinema, you're like, well, that's amazing. 
because they change it to suit the movie. They could do the exact same thing with Silk. Like, you could change minor things, because people aren't going to be as angry over minor things. You keep a lot of the same origin, obviously. But you can change one or two things. Not not like, say if you change Batman and his parents don't die, I, pe- I think people are going to notice that a lot more than if you change the background of Silk. Yeah, like it was... Uh- it was like when the Guardians of the Galaxy were coming about. People were yeah, like, hmm? nobody gave a shit. Like, yeah, who the fuck are these guys? And then the comics retroactively changed to be more like the movies because it was so popular. Mm. And I, that's always the case. It it depends on which way you go, but the comics will normally reflect what's happening on screen. So if they change bits of Silk's backstory that makes her maybe her own person, that she's not not so linked to Peter Parker. That's can, that can only be a positive that they will then take into the comics. Yeah, absolutely. And like a series is nice because you get the time to really develop things. You know, it's not just oh, let's cram everything, including an origin, into a two-hour movie. Mm. And I don't think people would see a Silk movie at this present moment. I think I, I think they'd see a Spider Verse movie where you, maybe you throw all of these characters in, but if you just put out a Silk movie, I think people are still very much involved in the Tom Holland Spider Man trilogy. They've only done two of them. They kind of are waiting for the third one to come out, bring some finality to that, then move on to this. Yeah, I think that's the next piece of Spider Man media people are waiting for. That and maybe Spider Verse too. Yeah. Um, okay, so we are finishing off this week's show with the big one. No, the we just had a nice release. discussion about Spider-Man. A nice discussion about Spider-Man. I tricked you. I don't give a shit about Spider-Man. What no. I care about is 007, the coolest man. Oh. James Bond. There's a new trailer for No yeah. Time to Die, the movie that just won't ever come out. It's the release date of no- November 12th or November 20th if you're in the US. We have a new trailer, Sean. It's got all of our favourite characters back. Daniel Craig, DC, back as the super spy we know and love. Jeffrey Wright is in this. Christoph Waltz, Ralph Fiennes. I mean, it's all good stuff. Absolutely. Great cast. Uh, This movie looks the same as all other Bond (laughs) movies of the last 10 years. But somehow, worse. (laughs) Somehow. I have all of the action written here. I think they put all of the movie's action into the trailer. Yeah, like it's just, it's a series of like disconnected explosions, fights, car chases, guns and weird masks. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of, there's a lot going on though. A lot of explosions, a lot of guns, a lot of crashes. So I'm all all about that, Sean. You know me. Expendable is my favourite movie. Um, is it so, not really. It is. <laughs> um, what do you think of uh, Anna de Arms? Uh, Armas is in this. She's really good. Um, I loved her in uh, Knives Out, and it's pretty cool seeing her in this. But is there how? What are the chances that she turns out to be evil? And how much is it a hundred percent? Oh, that's like a definite. I just. <laughs> <laughs> this new character that we've never seen before and there, there's a mystery and revenge involved. And she Definitely walks in wearing evil. a ball gown. There's a ball gown and she can do kung fu. Yeah. No fucking way. She's a spy for the opposition. <laughs> uh, Definitely. Oh, she's dressed in all black. That's a, that's a dead giveaway. <laughs> he gets fooled by this every time. Every time. James Bond is an idiot. 
<laughs> no, this one, this one, I think she's fine. I mean, she knows kung fu as well, but I think this one's gonna be okay. Oh, she she's also an alcoholic. Perfect. <laughs> oh yes. Is that like um, a requisite? This- do you think of joining the double O program? You have to be an alcoholic and fall for anyone in a ball gown. Yeah, yeah, I think that's... Mm. It's on the personality mm. test. Yeah. What do you think of ball gowns? Ah, I can give or take them. Get out. <laughs> no, they Leave. just kill you there. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, what I want to start with is we see the big stunt again. Uh, I'm calling the big stunt the bit where he jumps off the the wall... And he like swings along on the rope and then he smashes down to the ground. I think that's all the same action sequence as say when we see the car spinning around shooting yes. a lot. It's I think that's the first ten minutes, surely. Yeah, because they do all they always open it up and then like they open it up with a big, big set piece to get to get everyone hooked. And then mm. something happens to Bond and he usually blacks out and then the credits roll. And you get the Bond song or whatever it is. <laughs> and we now have him walking down a tunnel and turning and shooting without... It doesn't even have to be fake. He's walking down an actual tunnel. Uh, whoever, whoever predicted that that would be the most exciting thing of the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have some of the quotes here. The past yep. isn't dead. That's pretty good. And never just alive. to follow that up with... Just, just to follow that up, we see Blofeld. And he's like, we meet again, James. I'm always the enemy. Don't worry about it. Um, James like no it's not you it's going to be a combination of Anna de Armas who is in a ball gown and I've got an enemy who's got some sort of facial feature that may, might be cut he might have a scar he might oh. have some sort of facial just just the grotesque features you leave Ray Fiennes alone <laughs> uh, he doesn't even have a nose get away from me Ray Rami Malik the villain yeah, I think I... he's a good villain I think he's a good villain, but I don't know, like, how much can you carry with, like, eyes and a weird face? I mean, he can carry a lot. He does a lot with those eyes and a weird face. Uh, look, if, not that his, like, regular face is weird. His face is all cut up in this, but... Mm. I Do you think the face is cut up because James did it to him? I, d- I think he might be injured in, like, an explosion or something. Mm. That James explosion Bond caused, caused by chips. Yeah, it's, explosion it's, caused by chips. It's the diamond face uh, scenario. <laughs> it's just a big loop. Um, if anyone who likes James Bond is listening to this, I feel like we're shitting on it a lot. But I don't think it's because we don't like James Bond. We're just we're probably not as interested in James Bond. No, and I'm so completely indifferent this, to James Bond. Watching this, we can only watch it from maybe just. A completely neutral point of view going, this seems very similar to all of the other films. And that's not a bad thing, okay? Lots of films have formulas. God knows most of our favourite films are formulaic messes. But... True. This this formula wears very thin very quickly, in my opinion. What do you think of um, the new 007? Ah, Good. I mean, we don't see a lot of her, but I think it's pretty decent. Yeah, do you it's a nice, it's a good idea. Yes, it is. And do you think that it, this is Daniel Craig's last outing, correct? Yeah, he hates James Bond. He yeah. hates it a lot more than we do. So do you think this is like a soft intro to the new Bond or they won't stick with it? No, I think they'll back out. 
Ah. I think originally they were going to bring her in as uh, the new 007, but I I will say that maybe some of the YouTube comments I've read today are not very nice, um, and I think they'll back out of it. They'll shit themselves. And they'll be like, no, we don't want this. Let's go back to men. Because ah, they can yeah. only be James Bond. I forgot all production companies are cowards. That's true. <laughs> yeah. They're like, they're going to pretend to do something that's progressive and then they're going to back the fuck out of it. Yeah. Someone on YouTube commented, this looks like a cross between Thunderball, License to Kill and The World is Not Enough. Which I think mm. you can apply that to every James Bond movie ever made. <laughs> this is a cross between Casino Royale, Spectre and... Thunderball <laughs> again. Oh, Thunderball is key to the whole it's operation. It's always the one link that's all together. Um, yeah, and then I mean, I like the love the shooting the car after the flip. You know when the car flips over and then he just doesn't break straight and just starts shooting straight into the car. I just thought that was a cool bit. <laughs> I love. I'm sure there'll be a lot of cool bits in this film. I think it'll be really good stunts. Like, really good stunts, really good action. And ironically, it's a movie that... A lot, I think they'll probably put a lot of work into it. But I don't know if the story's going to be able to back up the stunts. Yeah. I, I, it, and there, look, there's something to be said for showmanship. That's fair enough. But I, I think you have to, as you say, back it up with a solid story. And I would love to be proved wrong. I would love if this turned out to be the best Bond movie. And it's probably going to be nominated for some stuff because it's one of the few movies that came out this year it's one of seven movies that came out so it's either this or bad boys three for best movie at the oscars next year sonic the hedgehog come on (laughs) sonic the hedgehog is a lock anyway (laughs) so you've got sonic in you've got you've got this you've got bad boys three you've got tenet and you've got new mutants no they'll still somehow snub new mutants yeah, they're just like there were six uh, nominations, but they only put in five. <laughs> like, Dudes, come on! And Sonic again, <laughs> Sonic twice. No, Tenet twice. Tenet and Christopher Nolan's other movie, Tenet again. Tenet put backwards, so it's still Tenet. Yeah, t- Tenet the re-release of Tenet, but backwards. The means like fuck's sake. Um, so, Sean, do you want to see this movie? I mean, very good cast, looks very cool, good action. Good cast. They're two good positives. Uh, I'll be saving my money to watch Mulan uh, on December 4th. I'm going to pay for it. If this wasn't a James Bond movie, would you be more interested? The exact same cast, the exact same trailer. Joe Hot maybe. If it wasn't tied into the whole like mythos and uh, canon of James Bond, I think I might care more about this. I just, I was just thinking about that. Like, if this didn't have James Bond at the end, maybe it just had, like, Guns Up, <laughs> the action movie, coming this summer, right? Um, guns, guns Up, everyone's favourite movie. Guns Up. Guns <laughs> Up. Perps down. That's what they say, right? That's re- that is what the police say. <laughs> That's what the people say. <laughs> guns Up Bang Bang is what this is called. And it's coming out in November. But it, if at the end of this, there was an action movie, Daniel Craig, Jeffrey Wright, Anna de Armas, you've got uh, Ray Fiennes, I mean... Rami Malek. That's a st- Rami Malek playing the villain. Guns up, bang, bang. I would go see that movie. I think I might too. That's mm. the thing. Especially if That's it was called Guns sign. Up, Bang, Bang. 
Guns up, bang, bang. Tagline, back in the habit. Sometimes time I die. Sometimes I die. A little. Inside. Inside, don't be mean to me. It's just that you're creating just a one-man show. Guys, stop being mean. It's, look, this movie has had a rough run of it. Uh, if it had a, I, we wouldn't be talking about it like this if it had come out when it was intending to come out, which I think was April yeah. or May. Uh, uh, I think it was April. But now that it's like one of the few movies coming out, I feel there's much more of an eye on it. Yes. Um, so that brings us to an end for Movie Mondays this week, Shad. Um <gasps> What a week. It, what a week. Um, so would you like to take us out? Yes, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays. Uh, and for listening to my blood pressure rapidly increase as we went through stories. <laughs> you could hear it on the microphone. It's a very good you microphone. Can- it's so good. It picks up emotions. That's how good it is. But yeah, we will be back on Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, Friday with Hero or Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. Big thank you to everyone who supports us over on Patreon. Uh, Charlotte Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, Ryan Evanson, and Sean Jamieson. Thank you all so, so much for continuing to support the show. Uh, you help, you make it easier every, every week, and you, you boost our self-esteem. And because Connor keeps trying to cut me down, he keeps saying things yeah. like, Sean, your microphone yeah. is turned off. Sean, yeah. record the show. We've done this three times already. And it really yeah. hurts, I must say. <laughs> well, if you would just record the show, Guys, then he's it doing wouldn't it happen. again. He's doing oh, it again. <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty cringe, bro. <laughs> <laughs> My feelings are hurt, bro. It's not nice, bro. Uh, so, yeah, there's a link in the description to the Patreon, or it's patreon.com slash Here's for Hire podcast. If you're interested, we're on all of the social medias. And if you have any questions at all, Here's for Hire underscore at Outlook.com is how you can contact us. Uh, but I think that's about it, Connor. I think that's it. Next week, 100 episode. Oh, it's my God. It's spectacular. Oh, um, it's so 100 I- weeks. 100 weeks. So, I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Mean. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.